Berlin, and today we'll be talking about the political developments in Germany after Hitler became the Chancellor. So, following Papen's plan, Hitler became Chancellor. However, Papen originally intended for him to be able to control Hitler, but it was quickly apparent that this was not the case. So when Hitler became Chancellor, he was given three cabinet seats. He had one, Wilhelm Frick was Minister of the Interior, and Hermann Goering was Minister of Prussia. These were particularly clever choices by Hitler, as Prussia was Germany's largest state and potentially its most powerful. The Minister of the Interior was also important, as it controlled the police and the judiciary. So who were the other ministers in Hitler's government? He had Werner von Blomberg, who oversaw the army. The DNVB had two important positions, as they had Hugenberg, who is the Minister of Economics, and Franz Sels, who was the Minister for Labour. Selt had founded the Standhelm, and in April the SA and the Stahlhelm merged. So the elections were in 6th of March 1933, and on the 31st of January, Hitler addressed the country over the radio. He promised national discipline will govern our life. In doing so, he invoked both God and nationalism alike. So just to recap what we've just spoken about, when Hitler spoke to his country across the radio, he promised that national discipline would govern our life, which I think quite clearly sets out his agenda for his time as Chancellor and then later on Führer. And although Hitler wasn't given much power originally when he was given the role of Chancellor by Papen, he was very strategic about the seats he chose to have with his allies. So he ensured that his NSDAP colleagues um, which were only three of them, were in very important positions as the interior minister and the minister for Prussia. One of the first things which happened when Hitler became chancellor was the Reichstag fire. In this happened in February 1933. The fire was blamed on communists, and this was very convenient, and perhaps too convenient, for Hitler, as he used this to pass through his emergency decree. A Dutch communist called Marinus van der Lubbe confessed to setting fire to the Reichstag on the evening of the 27th of February 1933. As such, Hitler had all the excuse he needed. Using the fire as evidence of a communist conspiracy against Germany, Hitler got Hindenburg to issue an emergency decree suspending civil liberties. As a result, the decree allowed the secret police to hold people indefinitely in protective custody protective because it protected the German people from its enemies. Mass arrests of left-wing activists followed, including the KPD's Reichstag deputies. Hitler's government also controlled the radio and the police. Following this, the SPD and Zentrum parties were also intimidated and some issues of their newspapers were banned. And when it got to the elections of March 1933, the NSCAP got 43.9% of the vote, the DNVP got 8%, and between them they controlled 51.9% of the Reichstag. So just to reiterate those statistics, in March 1933, the Nazi share of the vote totaled 43.9%, the DNVP was 8%, so in total it was 51.9%. Perhaps the most important piece of legislation which Hitler passed in 1933 was the Enabling Act. The Enabling Act was passed by the Reichstag. 
However, KPD deputies were absent, as these deputies were intimidated, as the Kroll Opera House was surrounded by the SA and SS. The enabling act is interesting, as the Reichstag effectively voted itself out of existence. The act gave emergency powers to the government for four years, and it allowed the cabinet, which in essence was just Hitler himself, to pass decrees without the president's involvement. As it was a constitutional amendment, it needed a two-thirds majority, and it convincingly passed by 441 votes to 94. Only the SPD voted against it. And as such, this meant democracy was over. And here is a quote from Hitler to the Reichstag when he justified the Enabling Act. He said, quote, By its decision to carry out the public and moral cleansing of our public life, the government is creating and securing the conditions for a really deep and inner religious life. So the Enabling Act is really important because it needed a two-thirds majority to pass through, and it went through with a hammering of 441 votes to a mere 94, with only the SPD voting against it. And its implications are so enormous because it means that democracy was over in Germany. And finally, returning back to the elections, which we spoke about earlier, they were on the 6th of March. And the thing which made this all happen in the first place was the Reichstag fire of the 27th of February 1933. And we must remember that a Dutch communist called Marinus van der Loop was blamed. However, it seems a bit convenient that he was the one to blame, as this gave Hitler a pretense to arrest lots of communists. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Um, Next time, we'll be talking about the state of Germany by March 1933. If this episode has got you in the mood for more revision, then head over to SenecaLearning.com, where you can revise all of your A-level subjects absolutely free. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, then you will find a link in the bio. But if not, just type in SenecaLearning.com and you'll find us. While you're at it, if you could rate us five stars and subscribe or follow to all of our revised podcasts, which cover every subject you need, then that will help other people to find our podcasts.